Today is Friday, August 20th, 2021. The impediment to action advances actions. What stands in the way becomes the way. Marcus Aurelius. You're listening to episode 256, Limitless Mindset with Nick Pags. Yep, you're probably right. It will work for a certain amount of time. And then you'll go back to your old shit. So what's the deepest level of that? You're always going to go back to what you believe. If you believe you're really powerful and you're going to make change happen, then all this other stuff can happen. And at the end of the day, you're going to keep trying and keep pushing and keep. So like our beliefs is what we need to focus on. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. Welcome to another episode of The Dance of Life. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. And as always, so grateful and happy to have you with me today. My guest today is Nick Pags. And after 11 years as a leader in the fitness industry and owning a gym in New York City, he stepped out of the fitness scene and shifted his attention to coaching the mindset of high performers. Even the most elite understand that they have the capacity to evolve. And Nick's incredible ability to unlock human potential through live coaching is unmatched. This past year, he created his signature eight-week group mindset coaching experience, Project Limitless. After a life-altering move from New York to Brazil in the middle of the pandemic, Nick continues to exemplify what it means to live a limitless life. His gift is his ability to guide people to finding the clarity that they're looking for within themselves, consequently empowering them to create the life of their dreams. Nick has continued to virtually speak all over the world, inspiring and motivating people to thrive through the challenges of COVID-19. If you want to get in touch with Nick, I'm going to put a link on the show notes for this episode. Again, it's episode 256 to uh, apply for the Project Limitless program, if that's something you're interested in. Make sure you go check that out. That's episode 256 at danceoflife.com slash podcast. Excited to dive in today and pick Nick's brain about his experiences as an entrepreneur, his move to Brazil, and what he's learned from that drastic life change, as well as some mindset and success habits from his experiences as an entrepreneur and coach, as well as how he has trained people to be successful and empowered and feeling great about their lives over the last couple of years. So I'm very excited to pick his brain about all that kind of stuff. So many useful reminders, you know, we're all looking for success. We're all looking for that new level, right? That new limitless possibility that's right on the horizon. So very excited to have somebody like him on the show and share in this with you today. Just about to jump into this, make sure you hit that subscribe, share, like, leave a review, star, smiley face, emoji, whatever you want. You can just do it and 
We'll see you on the flip side. Let's do this. Episode 256, Limitless Mindset with Nick Paggs. All right, man. Well, hey, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. It's uh, it's exciting. You have such an interesting life, especially when to talk about your traveling. But thanks for being on the show. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, let's start with you. Used to own a gym in New York for about yep. 11 years. How was that whole experience? I mean, how did you get into that? And then, particularly, what made you, you know, want to transition to doing what you're doing now? Move to Brazil. I mean, what happened there? What was the mindset behind that well there's a lot to get to the brazil point but i'll start (laughs) with the i'll I'll start on the basic understanding of the the just the fitness space and how i got there in the gym how that all happened i actually wanted to be a physical therapist when i was going to school um when i was at the university of scranton my intention was to go through the seven-year dpt program and the way i learned that that was the path i wanted to take was through high school, we actually had a program where you could do your last quarter of, of the, the year on site of a job that you thought you wanted to do. So oh, I didn't cool. go to high school, like to the location on my last quarter of the school. It was more focused on being in a, in a type of work setting that you would enjoy. Cool. It happened to be the gym down the street from my parents' house that had a physical therapy department in it. So I'd spend half the day with the physical therapist and then half the day in the gym kind of like hanging out with the personal trainers, which was not like, I thought that was going to be a waste of my time. Turns out I fell in love with the personal training aspect and really enjoyed that. So when I was at school, I got my personal training certification, studied for that and and took the test, became a, a PT and then was just like on vacations and whatnot summers i would come and i would work the gym and do all the ugly hours of like 4 a.m wake-ups and oh man that's rough yeah in the gym <laughs> so that was where the fitness thing started around 17 years old and then when i got home after graduating school i i ended up transitioning into studying counseling and human services and i really wanted to help people and i didn't know what that looked like i just wanted to help people and i wasn't sure how to make that happen When I came home after graduating, prepping to figure out where to go next with a master's degree or whatever, I started building out the the personal training business just as a side gig to make some extra cash flow. And it exploded. Within a a month or two, I had 50 some odd clients that I was seeing a week. Wow. That's a lot. Dude. And these are hour hour long appointments, 45 hour long appointments, some half hours. And it was one-on-one. It was not group stuff. Yeah, that, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was up at 3.45 or 4. I was slamming back four double espressos by 10 a.m. <laughs> I was like five-hour energy at, at noon and then was like trying to push through and I would work until 9 or 10 p.m. Wow. And then go hang out with my buddies because I still wanted to have a life and yeah. would go out to you know drinks and dinner until 11 or midnight. And then I was starting again at 345. It was crazy. It was a crazy lifestyle. Eventually, the need to want to have fun, fun outside of work 
kind of dissipated. And I focused a ton on work because I was finding so much fulfillment working with people. Yeah. Um, but I knew I needed to expand and, and evolve. So to fast forward through all of the, the boring aspects of this, eventually what I decided was I needed to do two things. Number one, find a job that was paying better, that was still doing what I was doing. So I looked into group fitness studios, kind of like the the more upper echelon studios in New York city, we call them boutique fitness studios. Yeah. I wanted to look into areas like that, that felt right for me. Um, because they paid more like 50, 60, 70, $80 an hour yeah. versus me making $22 an hour at, at the club for personal training. Yeah. Um, so I looked into that and I made two massive leaps around the same time. One, I stepped out of the big box gym setting where I had all those clients and I took a bunch of them to a personal training space where I would pay the gym hourly fee, 20 bucks, whatever, 15 bucks. And then I just took the rest. Um, and they didn't ask what I charged. Yeah. So then I was going from making $22 an hour to making $80 an hour and charging a yeah. hundred and paying the gym their 20 or whatever it was. And that was a massive shift for me. And then simultaneously found this space of a gym called ripped fitness group fitness, boutique studio, similar to a Barry's Boot Camp, which is what people know of. Um, and, and it was kind of a up and coming gym and, and the fellow who owned it, I walked in for my first experience of it. And I went straight to the desk and said, where's the owner? I got to talk to him. And they, they introduced me to him. His name is Brian. And uh, I shook his hand. I said, you don't know me, but I need to work with you. You need me for this place. He was like, what the hell? Some 22 year old <laughs> jerk off telling him you need me. <laughs> yeah, It was a very confident. Hey, it's place. all about attitude, man. You just got to start hey, with good I, attitude. I, here's the thing. I knew what I could bring to the table there. Yeah. I'd never seen like a beautiful sound system like that. The equipment, the lighting, yeah. like if I had all those things on top of how good I already knew I was at my job. Oh my gosh. I was ready, man. Like, yeah, I was so stoked. So it started there. The relationship grew over the next two or three years. Eventually he asked me to be a co-owner of the business because I wow. was such a large part of it. And that's when we opened our second studio in New York City. So I became kind of the head of that studio. He kind of ran the Westchester one, which they're about 40 minutes apart in, in uh, driving. And, uh, and I just ended up doing whatever it took to build that studio out. So for a good portion of it, I was sleeping in the closet of the gym. No one really <laughs> knew that. I just kind of like set up an air mattress, told my parents I was sleeping at a buddy's house, told my, my partner in work I was sleeping at my parents' house and like yeah. just had everybody thinking different things. And it was because I was waking up at four and doing the work and going to bed at 10 and everybody left by the time I was, you know, there still. So didn't make a difference. I just wanted to be in the work. So that was a really interesting experience. And as I spent that time there, I just met, I, I created a huge network of people, met some of the top names in the game of, of the fitness world, got super connected with a bunch of brands, companies, gyms, eventually turned into a consultant for a lot of these big gyms. Um, so it just all happened super, super fast from becoming an owner of a gym at 24 years old in New York city, shifting into like, just popping into all these different spaces by the time I was 26, 27 was wow. when I made that decision to kind of shift into this next chapter. That's really inspiring, man. I mean, I can relate to a lot of it too. I mean, I, uh, when I was working at a, as a professional dancer, it was kind of the same thing. It was 
personal training Mm -hmm. and you know there's like the franchise model where you you get paid you know 20 20 bucks or whatever it is and the owner keeps like 80 charging for your time you know you know how it goes and you're sitting there paying taxes you're like wait a minute there's something there's something wrong with this model something's off here so yeah that's uh but then you know you evolve and you, you make more for your time but then you're like wait a minute now i'm you know doing 50 sessions a week i'm just exhausted like there's got to be some other formula where i can create impact and still you know have time for myself and things like that i'm really uh it's funny i can relate to a lot to your story yeah i think i think most people don't go beyond the point that you're talking about yeah which is like the there's got to be something more than this and they ask the question and they often ask the question for 20 years straight like they just and they never go beyond that and i think i was so I think the best gift I had was that it happened so young mm. and I had such a support system that I was like, even if this all goes to shit, like yeah. even if everything gets destroyed, I'll just call my parents and ask if I could go live in their basement again yeah. like, and then figure out the next chapter. I always had that confidence that no matter what, I'd be okay. I'd figure it out. So I think that that, that feeling of trust of just like, Give it your all because worst case scenario, you're back where you started, which if you, if you're listening to this and you really audit yourself for a second and think worst case scenario, if I go and make this leap, I'll likely just land back where I started, which like, then you're telling me you're living in your worst case scenario. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, why are you doing that? First of all, secondly, like, can you just take a big deep breath? And pull the trigger, go for this thing, try it because you never know where you might land and it could be amazing. And if it isn't, you go back and you try something different. Life is like, yeah, for the most part, pretty lenient with people. I know it sounds kind of like a super uh, privileged way of thinking about it. And I think to some extent it is, but I would challenge people that most of us come from the space where if we really wanted to leap and try something that we'd be okay on the other side, no matter what it looked like. Yeah. So true, man. I mean, I, I'm in a hundred percent with you and there's so many important things you said. I think having that sense of certainty in the back of your mind is so important. And obviously everybody's tolerance is different. You know, some people, you know, take risks easier, let's put it that way than others. But I think, you know, if you look at all these interviews with people on their deathbeds and all their regrets, you know, like the common threads of regret that most people have is usually they don't spend enough time with the people they love. They didn't risk, you know, for an idea that they were passionate about, you know, all these types of things. And it's like time moves in one direction. You know, it doesn't, you don't get anything back. You can always make money again. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know people who are, I'm sure you do too. You know, you, you go in those circles where it's like, okay, wealth is a reflection of the state of mind. You know, you, somebody could lose all their fucking money overnight, but if they were if they had the character to build it in the first place, it will be built again. It's not a, you know, yeah. it's not a problem, you know? So, uh, but, but time, you can't get back. You can't get back yep. time. You know, yeah, so, I think the, the, the wealthiest people, and I love that you use the word wealthy because when, when you're wealthy, it doesn't just mean money. Yeah. But when you become wealthy, the shift is not your bank account. Sometimes it looks like your bank account, but you become wealthy when you realize the most valuable commodity you have is time, not money. Yeah. That's when wealth kicks in. And like, that's what started happening a couple of years ago for me. Well, I, was, I was like, a lot of my friends were like, well, how am I going to make this money? How am I going to make more and, and 
create more success financially. I saw, I don't, I don't know if I can explain this so well, and I don't know if it matters how, but now I, I, I can kind of say confidently that there was a shift that happened where I realized that I'm not necessarily looking to make the quickest, biggest buck. I'm looking to do the thing that brings me the most time so that I can go do what it is I want to do. Yeah, and, exactly. And when I did that, it started expanding my opportunities and, and evolving into new chapters because I had more time to focus on what it is I actually want to do, who it is I actually want to be on this earth. And if I could find ways to create more time, money becomes a byproduct of that. Yeah. Like, we'll always, like you said, if you've made money before, you can make it again. Yeah. People really don't trust that. Yeah. Like if, if you've ever made money and you lose it all tomorrow, you can make it again. What a superpower. What a weapon to have in your arson. Because if I can say I'm going to invest in this or I'm going to jump and try this because I know that even if I go back down to zero, I'm a badass and I'll freaking figure out how to make more money again because I've already done it. If you have that mentality, you risk way more calculated risk, but you risk and scared money. Don't make money. Scared <laughs> yeah. moves don't make big results. Yeah. That's it. It's one of the best things. My college, probably the only things my college roommates taught me was scared money. Don't scared make money, money. Don't make money. <laughs> but truthfully, I mean, it's about everything we do. If you play scared, you'll get scared results. You get yeah. safe results. And a lot of people want bigger results than that, but they're not willing to take that risk when you really just notice that most of us live with a pretty decent safety net, like a pretty decent one. I know a lot of your comforts will be taken away. I know maybe you have to get rid of your cute car you love. I know you might have to get rid of the extra four vacations you're taking. If Yep, you might have to lose some of those things, but what if you do it and it works? You might get triple some of those things or quadruple yeah. some of those things. And even deeper, you might actually love your life again, hmm. like for real. So I get that you've taken a risk. So be it. Take that risk. Go for it. See what's on the other side. Yeah, it's so funny. It makes me think of opportunity cost. I was just talking to somebody about this and how well, there's two, two aspects to this. There's sort of the, the emotional opportunity cost. Like when you, we were talking about gratitude and I'm sure this will play a part in what we're talking about, but we're talking about how basically like when you, let's say you go to a store and you're going to buy something and you expect it to be X amount of dollars. Right. But then it's, you know, it's more than that, obviously. Right. And so even though you have the money, it sort of triggers this scarcity mindset, you know, or if you're trying to save money all the time, you're just in this scarcity mindset. And what people don't realize is that that mindset there's a cost to that. It's you're think you think you're saving money with all these little penny pinching habits, but uh, in the end, actually, you're shrinking your ability to attract money into your life, to see opportunities because you're so fo you shifted your attention to you know uh, just basically saving and, and sort of micromanaging finances rather than being this open uh, you know place for money to transact upon. And I'll get into this a little bit with my dad every time because he's old school and I love my parents obviously, but. Um, you know, he's just like hardworking, like I'll do it myself, you know, do everything, you know, that is that generation. And mm -hmm. like recently he's like, Oh, you know, I, I saw him like buy a lawnmower. I mean, he's like fucking ready to retire. He's worked all his life, you know, and he bought a lawnmower, you know, I'm like, why'd you buy a lawnmower? It's like, Oh, well, pff, don't have to pay the 
garden guy anymore. You know, they just save 60 bucks a month, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, but now you got to mow the fucking lawn. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, God, that's a real chore. Like, what is the opportunity cost of you, you know, using your time up, you know, just like, I would never, ever bargain with my time. Never. Anytime yeah. where I can free up my time, so be it. I, I will do it. You know, like I'll pay whoever's the specialist and you just go do it. I'll find a way or I just won't do it until I can afford it. You know, but spending my time to do that shit. No way. I mean, just, it's just a different attitude. So, well, here's the thing that I think maybe we don't pay attention to because we're the guys like we're the t- these types of guys that if we get time, we use it. But right. I would venture to say that most people are scared that they're not going to use the time they get properly. So here's the thing. If you and I were given an extra three hours in a day, it'd be scary what we could create for ourselves. Oh yeah. I don't know you that well, but I just, from what I'm hearing you say right now, yeah, I know that if you had an extra three hours, some dynamic shit would go down. Yeah. Right. For me, if I had an extra three hours, oh my God, like, oh my God, what would happen? Yeah. The change that would be made that I would leverage every second. I like to think at least. So when you come from this space of, Every, every moment is valuable and I'm going to use it to create what it is I want for my life. Then yes, obviously we will spend the extra $60 a month on the dude doing the lawn because (laughs) in that time that I get back, I could serve a client. I could reach out to more people. I could be on a podcast. I could, whatever it is that you're passionate about. So I think that most people don't trust themselves with more time. They think they'll bullshit it like they always do with their phone on Instagram, watching TV, chilling on Netflix. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying if it's a waste of time for you, if it's something that's taking you away from what you could be doing and what you could be creating for your life or the time you could be spending with people you love, then you're missing out. And when you get to a space where you become a professional at owning the time you have, then that's when you start to realize that you want more of it because you're using it so well. So a lot of people will not care about, you know, making sure this, this happens with me and my partner a lot, my significant other, she's, she's uh, always trying to like, oh, let's save money here. Let's save money there. <laughs> and I'm like, I get that you want to do a 23 hour flight home and save 200 bucks. It is not worth the $200 (laughs) because in those extra 12 hours, I could be killing it and getting work done and making 700 or a thousand or 6,000. If you let me, let's go. Totally different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different mindset. And I'm picking on her a little bit because she's gotten phenomenal at that. Um, But when we first met, that was kind of the way it was. And I think that, that when, when people are trying to save money, they're not realizing that they're sacrificing time. So you got to ask, I understand that you, you save in a little bit, but you're saving a little bit to lose a lot potentially. Yeah. If you're good with your time and if you're not good with your time, then that's something you got to work on. And that's, you know, when I built my, my group coaching programs, uh, project limitless is the name of the one I have now. It's, it's an eight week mindset experience one of the things we work on in that time is how do you take what it is you have and utilize it in its most impactful way so that you can take immense value from that time you got, leverage it to create magic. 
because we all got 24 hours. How is it? I mean, you, you can't see me right now, but behind me on this, on my wall here, I got some like iconic people looking at Jay-Z, looking at Kanye West, looking at Drake, some iconic artists who definitely have used their time pretty wisely in a way where they have created so much wealth for themselves. That like when I, when I think about that type of person, they know how to leverage and make impact out of their time. For a lot of people, they don't. So with Project Limitless, part of what we focus on is, okay, what are you doing? Who are you being right now in this moment? to get the results you say you want for your life. What are some of the, I mean, you, how long have you been doing this project, the Project Limitless? This has been, we're about to start round four in June, end of June. Um, and our first round, I think it was like close to the beginning of the pandemic, maybe July of last year, almost oh, wow. a year now, almost a year. Nice, congratulations on that, by the way. Thanks brother, thank you. What, uh, what have you noticed from already what you've done in terms of like, what are some of the common, I guess, pitfalls or sort of limiting beliefs that people fall into, you know, yeah. kind of that they trap themselves in? Yeah. I, generally speaking, I think that so many people live into the stories, just the stories of conditioning that they've mm. been told from mom and dad, from history, from things they've seen in the past. They just create so many stories around it and live into that just as a general, like, I know that's not a specific one, but they just get stuck in that. And, and we don't realize that we can actually just say, I don't want to live like this anymore. And then choose a different reality. Uh, cause I really believe that our beliefs generate our thoughts, our thoughts generate our actions and our actions create our reality. I don't think everybody works like that. I think most people do. So we spend a ton of time looking at the atomic habits or looking at like the best way to start your day and morning routines, which is all action oriented. And that'll change your reality for a a minute. And then you go back to your old shit. So then it's like, all right, let's go a level deeper and let's think about our thoughts. So we do like meditation or we, we talk about manifestation or writing things down, affirmations, all that. If we adjust our thoughts, that'll change our actions and then we'll have a different reality. Yep. You're probably right. It will work for a certain amount of time. And then you'll go back to your old shit. So what's the deepest level of that? You're always going to go back to what you believe. If you believe you're really powerful and you're going to make change happen, then all this other stuff could happen. And at the end of the day, you're going to keep trying and keep pushing and keep. So like our beliefs is what we need to focus on. Um, So when I'm working with people, I think what comes up in terms of self-limiting beliefs, often comes around this idea of imposter syndrome, Hmm. of worthiness, of confidence, right? Like, I don't find myself worthy of creating millions of dollars this year. I don't find myself, like, I don't see myself as the big business owner, or I'm, I just, don't have the confidence to show up. Like I'm not that confident person to show up in a room and own the space. All of those things are just beliefs that aren't facts. They're just beliefs you made up about the world. Somebody convinced you at one point that you're not worthy of creating ridiculous abundance in your life. Yet we can also play the same game on the other side of the spectrum that I am quite literally created from whatever it is you believe in, perfectly articulated. There's, this is the crazy part to me. There's been millions and millions of years of, 
evolution, creating humans. And then we got to this place and all this time, all this time, here we are in 2021. There, not once, not ever in the history of mankind, has there ever been another me exactly as I am with the history that I have, the upbringing that I've been through, the body that I have, the education that exists, the family that I came from, the glasses that I wear, like that, not all of me has never, ever, ever happened ever before. What more proof do you need that you are worthy of something phenomenal? There's, there, it would be so much easier for there to just be a copy and paste button and for us to all look the same and for us to all kind of be the same That person. would really suck. <laughs> it would really suck. And we never pay attention to it. We take for granted that we are completely unique. No one else has my fingerprints. Nobody. Hmm. How in, in God's name do you think that you, you have any space in being anything but royalty on this planet? If you were just another person, just like you would be copy and paste it from that person and that person and that person, or you would just be an exact replica of your dad or your mom. If you were supposed to be like them, you were different. So be different, be who you want to be. Whoever it is or whatever it is that created us gave a shit enough to take time to make us different than there's a lot of people. Billions and billions and billions, 108 billion people, I think, is the number over mankind history. I might wow. be wrong on that. It's something crazy. That's a lot of people. And if that's the case, if that many people have existed and there's never been another you, do you think maybe my point is a little stronger than yours, that you are actually special? Because at one out of 108 billion and you're here? Kind of sounds like you're hot shit, and the only person who doesn't believe it is you. So true, man. God, that's so such good stuff. I, I mean, the self worth piece, especially. I think so many people struggle with that, and myself included. I think everybody goes through that because, like you said, somebody somewhere in your life made you feel like shit at some point, <laughs> and yep. made you believe. Uh, and a hundred percent too. Everything you said. I mean, like you really hit the nail on the head. I think I have. I happen to have the same way of articulating in that beliefs are at the core, you know, your core, your beliefs generate your thoughts, you generate your actions, all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I've talked about this too, which is the relationship between discipline and, and your beliefs in the sense that like, we, we kind of get obsessed with discipline. Like you said, we're reading books on habits and hacks and routines and, you know, regurgitating all these different things, but it's like, unless you have a strong belief as to why you're doing that discipline, yeah. You're just, you're not going to be able to maintain that. I mean, waking up at fucking five in the morning is not fun. You know, even if you're yep. planning and really planning your life. I, I actually sat down the other day <laughs> and I'm sure you can relate to this because I'm sure you probably have a very um, specific routine for all the amount of work that you have to do. You have to, to maintain high level performance. But I sat down the other day. I'm like, how much fucking time do I spend on like all of my, like, okay, supplements, eating, you know, self-care, you know, night routine, morning routine, like all this like prep work between all the work and that's actually in between all this stuff. It's like four hours. It's about four hours every day that I spend on my night routine, my morning routine, you know, whatever, eating, mindfully eating, self-care, oral care, all that shit. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. holy smokes, that's a lot of time. Unless you have a strong why as to why the fuck you're doing that, yep. you know, 
you're just going to see it as a chore, you know, and yep. sometimes it is a chore, but you remind yourself of why you believe what you believe. And it comes back, like you said, so well, it comes back to that belief. And what's, yep. what is it that you believe? Yeah. And I think that so, so many people get stuck there because they'll watch the motivational video or they'll hear that inspiring person speak and they have some yeah. crazy story as to their why. And they don't, they say to themselves, well, I don't have some cool why like that. So I'll never be something great. And I only say that confidently because I've been that guy. I came yeah. from really good upbringing. I had a phenomenal family, I had great education. I had a lot of support. I had people who love me and believe in me. I had, of course I had adversities. We all have them. But to me, I always felt like I had it good. So like yeah. the, the people who are killing the game in my zone of genius and the speaking and motivating, it's coaching, the Tony Robbins of the world, the Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, they all have a story of what, eating out of trash cans. I was living yeah. in abandoned buildings. <laughs> I had no whatever. I'm like, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm just not. So I don't got some hot why. I'm not like, oh, this was book worthy. I know. So because of that, I created a story in my head that my why is never going to be strong enough to get me up at three in the morning, get me up at four in the morning to do the stuff I got to do. I'm never going to be fighting. I, I don't have something to lean back on like that, which is why you hear me passionately talk about this piece that we've never been like, there's never been another me before because what I have to come back on. Yeah. The fact that I'm going to send, I'm going to buy my mom the car that she always says she wanted. That's the least important thing she cares about. But I want to send her on trips with my dad to see the world. I want them to be able to fly first class and relax. I want to be able to retire my dad. And like, I, honestly, I don't even think he would let me, but I don't care. I want to be able to have the money to say, hey, please stop yeah. working. You know, like there are things, yes, that fire me up, make sure my family's taken care of. With that being said, it's not, it is a why for me, but it, sometimes it don't get me up at 4 a.m. Yeah. And what has to happen for me is I need to realize that, dude, I get, this is all a gift. I don't have to be here. And when I think about the fact that I'm a giver and I give a lot of time, energy, work, love, attention to people, I do a lot of things for free. I try and serve as much as possible. I go out of my way and I know what it feels like to give everything you got to somebody and for them to turn around and not notice it. I know what that feels like. I know how much that sucks. And when I think like, for me, this is how I like to think about it. Like there's a, there's a higher power and I don't like to just like, everybody's got their different beliefs. So I always refer to God, whatever you believe in as pizza. Cause I'm like the closest thing on planet earth. That's as good as God is pizza to me. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, pizza universe, whatever you want to call it pizza in some way, in some way, created you and if that thing that created you took so much time and so much intricate focus and and precision to create the unique you that you are and you just go around kind of dicking around with life i i i, I go to bed guilty yeah, and i have to check in on that like, dude, I'm just, I go to bed guilty because there, and this may be stretching it a little bit, but there's some souls floating around up there waiting for a body and they don't yeah. get it. And I'm 100%. here, you know, like my parents sacrifice so much. Yeah. That's huge for me. And I get to think about them and focus on them, but just the fact that I'm here, that has become enough for me. Cause I don't have some heavy story. And I think I didn't get some heavy story because I had to be, I had, I couldn't deal with all the heavy story. Because I got bigger goals. Like there's, there's a, 
some impact that I want to make in the world and, and things that I want to do that if I had to figure out how to get out of being homeless, I wouldn't have the capacity to do it. But God gave me this situation where like, dude, you have all the education you need. You have all the money you need. You have all the family support you need. Now wake the fuck up and go. Yeah. You know, and I think that people just don't pay attention to that. We all have this why. And sometimes it's just as simple as because I'm here. That's why. Because I'm because I'm allowed because my legs work and my voice works because I got a mind that works. That's why my uncle died two months ago for being sick and unhealthy. I'm like, he doesn't get to do this. I get to do this. You listening to me right now, you get to do this, whoever you are. So stop dicking around with your opportunity because somebody worked or something worked so hard to make a unique you and you just treat it like it's something else. Sorry, I'm going a million miles an hour. No, you're good, man. I I love it. I love the energy you're bringing. It's just, I can relate to hundred percent everything you're saying. I think it's so good. I think people are loving it. You know, it's, it all comes back to gratitude, right? I mean, you, the more you look at the world around you, the more you look, like you said, at yourself, at the, Everything you mentioned, you know, you cannot come out of that analysis without a level of appreciation that is so profound and that is so full of mystery for whatever the fuck is going on here. I don't know if it's a video game, if it's a simulation, if it's, you know, a a school, if it's a, a, you know, who knows, like you said, but I definitely believe that our other souls, whatever you call them, they're looking down and saying, man, I wish I could do that, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like you said, other people that maybe, I mean, when I wake up, I try to, to just say thank you. That, that's a, just a simple habit I try to get into. Just say thank you. Don't have to get, don't have to make it complicated, but just say thank you because a lot of people didn't wake up that day, you know, or yep. they may woke up with a fucking disability that changed their life or, you know, a diagnosis. And it's just like, holy shit. Every time I get in my head, I, it's, it's so funny too, because I find that the universe always reminds me, hey, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know, like there's somebody like literally I'll be getting in a little, you know, death spiral and then I'll, I'll see some story like the other, today, actually today I saw a story of this dude who had lung cancer. He's like probably 20 something. And I'm guessing it wasn't from smoking cigarettes. It was just some, you know, whatever fluke obviously. And he was going into rehab, like physical uh, rehab. He was just, you know, super skinny. I mean, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck am I like crying about? You know, yeah. like this, you know, we get so lost in our, in our own train of thought. You know, I think it's just such a self-sabotaging mechanism that we have in our minds. <laughs> we have to really, we have to really manage our minds. We have to see clearly because you, like you said so clearly, uh, life is a gift. I really do believe that. And the more you can get in tune with that, that's your why right there. That's your reason. You don't, you don't need some fucking crazy story. We, I think yeah. we all have, you know, and to your point, too, I'll, I'll say another thing, too, to your point. That I think is very, very important. And I'm sure you can relate to this and you have some examples, too. But, you know, I've seen people, I've, I have a friend who owns an art gallery down in downtown over here. And she, I went over to visit her and there's two dudes there that are like literally 85. They're fucking, I mean, it's whatever. Hopefully they live long. But, I mean, you're at the end of your life at that point. You're at the end of, traditionally at the end of your life. And they're at the peak of their career artists. You know, they started like 20 years ago in their fucking sixties and they're, you should see the shit they're making. They're making giant fucking like metal sculptures and, you know, just beautiful paintings. And they're literally at the peak of their career. And I'm like, wow, that is so inspiring. You know, you don't know 
when your life will bloom. And that goes for both the good things and the real heavy challenges. I can relate to you and everything you said about having the support. I've had some crazy situations in my life. I'm sure you have too. Uh, but you know, I haven't had to eat out of a dumpster yet. You know, I haven't had, you know, and that's okay. You know, maybe that's coming in 10 years from now and that's going to be another part of the growth process, but you know, you get everything that you need to take action and to fulfill your own destiny, I believe. And so you may look around and say, well, I don't have, you know, a story or, you know, you may look around and say, oh, I don't have that money or whatever. And it doesn't mean that it's not part of your future. Just take what you do have and move forward with it. You know? Yeah. I have a, I have a strong, it was profound. Yeah. It was beautifully said. I have, I have a really strong belief that we're all here to learn. Yeah. Like that's just what, like, that's what life is. Life is learning. And that's our job is to come up into this planet and, and just learn what we have to learn. And I'm, I'm talking about not like learn, like go to school and whatever, like learn some things and how much knowledge can you get? I believe that our soul has certain things that needs to be fulfilled and figured out. And 100%. the reason I come from this space is that when I, when I come from that type of mindset, everything is working in my favor. Everything is for me, right? You've heard people with the language, shift the language. It's happening for me, not to me, whatever. Yeah. I, the profundity of that actual belief, not the statement and using it to like make yourself feel better about things and pretending like it doesn't suck. Things can suck and they're purposefully sucking. Yeah. I had this deep discussion with my siblings about the topic of everything happens for a reason. And my sister, who's an advocate for um, Black Lives Matters and a lot of the movements that are happening right now, she's, she just is a, a hustler in that realm um, of trying to serve communities, underprivileged communities. And she got really triggered when I said that because she said, you, you telling me that like a 14-year-old kid walking home from school in a black community gets shot in the back of the head for no reason and that happened for a reason? Like, that's what you're trying to tell me right now, you arrogant white boy? Like, that, <laughs> that was w- what my sister was telling me. So it, it got me thinking and I said, all right, I'm open to trying something on different, but like, I really believe that all this stuff that's going down in the world has purpose. And that's when it triggered. I was like, wait a minute. It's not that everything happens for a reason. It's that everything has purpose is what really resonates with me. And yes, that situation sucks. A lot of the situations you are all facing in life suck. No question. And when you subscribe to the belief that it's all happening purposefully, then you can start to use it in your favor. Then you can start to lean into it from a space of, okay, if this was happening, I like to think of it, we're all living in contract with, with the universe, pizza, higher power, whatever you want to call it. There's a contract. The, this side, the side of, of the universe's side of the contract where they sign says, okay, everything you need, everything that's supposed to be given to you, all the things that need to happen, it's, uh, and like you're going to be taking care of all the good stuff. It is all going to work out perfectly. I promise I'll give you everything you need signed on the dotted line. It's like, that sounds too good to be true. What does my side of the contract say? What's the other side? What do I have to do now to get that? And it says simply one thing. It says, trust that everything is get, that's given to you is given with purpose and intention. It's created and curated for you. It's perfect. It's never wrong. It's never an accident. It's never a coincidence. It's perfectly curated for you. And you got to trust that. That's our side of the contract. We need to trust that everything that's happened and happening 
It's perfectly curated for us. It's exactly what we need. And when we sign that dotted line and you actually honor that, then all those things that seem so wrong start to become so clear as to why they're a part of your life. Hmm. You start to get so much clarity on like, oh my God, yeah, my uncle died. Here's why. Oh my God, yeah, like I've lost my job. Here's why. And you might not know when it happens and it's your not, not your job to know or to figure it out. And some of these things we never know. Yeah. It's our job to trust and say thank you even when we don't know why. Because when we do that, we then open up space for new things to be created, for things to come. Much deeper discussion, but I think that that's where people struggle often, man, is like they just want to have it. We're so committed to having it our way, the way we mocked it up in our silly little human minds. We don't have the capacity to see what's actually possible for ourselves. So when you try to make it look like you think it's supposed to look like, you're actually in resistance to what could be showing up for you. The best things that ever happened in my life, man, are the ones that I didn't expect coming. <laughs> like, what? How did that just turn out like that? That was crazy. Yeah. That happens when you release the need for things to look like you say they're supposed to look. 100%. 100%. I, I can relate to everything that you're saying. I swear. I, I, you must have been, we must have been like brothers in another life, man. Literally <laughs> everything, we've, everything we've talked about in this uh, show so far, like literally I've written about it. I've talked about it in very, very similar way. I think we're right on track with everything. You know, I have a friend who I've known for probably, gosh, must be like 12 years now. And she had something very terrible happen to her. Her daughter, her teenage daughter was basically uh, murdered by, you know, this guy when they were dating. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, really rough and, you know, no parent, that's, I think, probably one of the biggest nightmares in the world is to be a parent and to outlive your children. I mean, that's God, just terrible. terrible. But, you know, on the flip side and to this point is that death helped her create a nonprofit organization that educates mm -hmm. teens about teen violence. And they're very wow. successful now and they're in the Valley. And actually, I've been meaning to reach out to her recently, but, you know, if it, I mean, I, again, this is a weird topic to talk about, but if people can just expand their minds a little bit, if that hadn't happened, then how many more other teenagers potentially would that happen to, you know, or yeah. how many less people would know about that? You know, this cause would not exist. And so, you know, I do think like, like you said, everything has a purpose and, you know, the people out there that you're always going to see shit happening in the world, it will always be, it's never going to be a perfect world. And that's the point. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like that does happen in the world. But the point is, how do you see it? Do you see it as an opportunity to learn? I mean, there's so many uh, rape victims, for example, that have used, you know, forgiveness and uh, compassion. Not, not that, that you have to do that, but obviously you become free when you let go of the pain and you transform what's happened into a creative opportunity. Yep. You know, and that's what's really living in power all about. And so ultimately, uh, things do have a purpose. We just have to uncover their purpose. Yeah, you know? it's it's a very and it's a tough topic to talk about because it is. Yeah. How do you say to a mother who lost her teenage daughter to something like that? Like, hey, be grateful for it. Like, it's right. happening on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you don't say that. And it's not our job to say yeah. that. And also, she doesn't have to believe that. That's the thing. Right. Like, People love yeah. to challenge this point. I'm like, OK, 
challenge it. Like I'm, I'm not saying that's how it has to be, but you got to make a choice that aligns with the person you want to become in your life. And what this mother did that you're referencing is she made a choice that I'm going to be, I'm going to live in victim mode to what happened to my daughter. So now the victimization is going to continue or I'm going to use what it is that happened to create greatness, you know, and like that, what a commendable action. Yeah. I'm not saying it's great. We're like, yay. Awesome. That this girl died. Like, no, come on. Don't get it twisted. Hear what we're saying that whatever it happened and it's, it, it happens. And I'm not yeah. going to argue with you about it should or shouldn't happen. That's not what I'm, I'm not trying to win a point here. I'm trying to, give you the space to grow and not be victim to what was just which is just what this mother did i'm not going like this kid already fucked up her life ended her life i'm not gonna allow that to happen to our family's life now on the contrary i'm gonna use this asshole's idiotic move and i'm gonna create powerful movements that change the world because that's really representing maybe the, the person that that daughter was, or that's representing the life that she should be living, you know? So it's a very challenging topic to step into. And I don't judge anybody and where they're at because each soul is going through a season is the mm -hmm. way that I like to think about it. And maybe a person's season, like this soul season is just trying to get through a certain whatever right? Like that's what they're here to learn in this season. And this mother was going, her soul, this mother's soul was going through a season of like, I need to learn how to step out of victim mode because I have every reason to be a victim and I'm choosing not to be, I'm choosing to be a victor. I'm choosing to create greatness out of horrid, horrid situations. So like your soul has a season, you going through your season. So I'm not trying to judge it. I just want people to be aware of the fact that they can choose how they respond to what comes up in the world. 100% man. That is really good stuff. I, f I feel like we could talk for probably another hour. <laughs> on this at least, at least, at least. Well, one more question for you, buddy. What are you most grateful for today? Mm. This is so funny, dude. Cause I, I posted, I think, was it today? It's been a wild day. I literally think I posted a video today called gratitude is free equals bullshit. Let me make oh, sure really? that was today. That was today. <laughs> nice. So here's my point on this. It's a, just an interesting way of looking about it. Gratitude has been taught to me as like the thing that you can have for free that makes you feel so good. You don't got to pay nothing for gratitude. Yeah. I was in Brazil. Uh, I live in Brazil now, but I was uh going for a run the other day and i was in like kind of this like bumblefuck for lack of a better term in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and i'm going for a run it's like these beautiful just fields open blue sky and i was feeling so grateful and like i was like man this is crazy how grateful i'm feeling right now being with like in the the poorest little area of brazil and I'm just so filled with gratitude and I got nothing. Just my running sneakers, dirty feet and open space. How does that make me feel so grateful? And what came to me was gratitude is not free. You, the price you pay for gratitude is giving up your ego. Mm -hmm. 
The ego is the side of you that wants the pool, the car, the mansion, the money, the success, the clout, the fame, all the things that you don't have right now, the ego wants. I want to preface by saying those things are not bad and you shouldn't not desire them at all. Like you can, all those things are dope. You should have them. If you want them, go get them. I realized in that moment that in order for me to experience gratitude as it was in that moment, I had to not be focused on what I didn't have. So gratitude and lack, scarcity, need, I don't have, I need this, can never happen at the same time. Like really think about if there's ever been a moment where you were feeling so grateful, I'm so grateful, oh, and I hate the fact that I don't have a Ferrari. (laughs) Like you can't, you physically can't think those two things at the same time. Yeah. So it is not free. It's at the cost of your ego. You must be willing to release all of that scarcity. I need, I need, I need in order to experience gratitude, which is why presence is so powerful when it comes to gratitude. We got to be right here, right now, in this moment, in order for us to experience gratitude, because then we can't be thinking about all the things that we want down the road. So I'm not saying stop wanting them and going after them. Have it, want it, desire it, let it drive you. And can you be patient and present and simultaneously, like just release the need for more in the moment where you're accessing that gratitude, speak into what you love about life right now, what your gifts are in this moment. That's when we'll feel real gratitude. So when you ask me, what am I most grateful for? All I can think about is right now, I'm in my parents' home, my childhood home that I grew up in, my childhood room that I grew up in. I just moved to Brazil in January of this year, um, but I I came and surprised my dad for his 60th birthday, my grandmother for her 81st this week, and Mother's Day. Uh, It was such a, I mean, like right now in this moment, I'm just overjoyed with the immense gratitude to be with them and to be able to celebrate them and to be able to hold them and hug them in a time where that's not easy to come by. So I'm just ridiculously grateful to be here and doing what I love speaking to you today like this. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share my voice and to serve, hopefully serve somebody with some ideas that that shift them out of a dark space today. So I got, I could go for an hour on what I'm grateful for right now, but it's all here in this moment, which is the point I wanna make. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with my friend Nick. You know, your mind is the bottleneck of your life's potential. And this is very important because that means that if you want to live a limitless life, you have to unlock your mind. You have to be limitless in your mindset, right? And obviously, there are limits in life for certain things, but we really can push them much farther than we think by pushing our mind and opening our mind and practicing and doing all these things that we talked about. So thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you want to, again, apply for the Project Limitless project, uh, I will put a link for that on the show notes. This is episode 256. 
you go to danceoflife.com slash hacker. Let's not forget Marcus Aurelius taking it away for us in a classic Roman fashion here. The impediment to action advances actions. What stands in the way becomes the way. Such a powerful quote. You know, this reminds me to be like water, to use everything that comes to you, to, you know, never yield, but at the same time, adapt and and move if you have to. This is the key, is to constantly be at your goal and sustainably be at your goal. You know, use what comes at your life. Use your wins, use your failures, be resourceful. This is such an important aspect to being successful. Probably one of the most important is how you respond to both your wins and your losses. And to me, that's just being resourceful. That's what I call it, being resourceful. But whatever it means to you, you know, just make sure you really create a practice out of it. And that's how you create, I think, in part, a limitless mind. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day and rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And until then, don't forget, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.